0: My name is Gianni Russo, a.k.a. Carlo, the infamous son-in-law from The Godfather. I'm now known as The Hollywood
1: Godfather, and this is my story. Walking with a limp like will I ever run? Once again, or is this it? Am I forever done? Living in the hospital was never fun. Some people were cool, but not everyone.
0: Welcome, everybody. It's time for another Hollywood Godfather podcast. We have an exciting cast tonight, believe me. And uh, let's get right to it. My padre, co writer, and friend, Pat Pitorelli, please.
2: Good evening, everybody. Uh, happy to be here. Hey, I'm happy to be anywhere, but particularly here. Uh, tonight, we have a couple of special things. We have uh, a very interesting guest, and uh, we'll introduce him shortly. But we have a guest co host. Uh, her name is Jeannie Raymond. And those of you who may recognize the name because she's a character in our book, The Sixth Family. And those of you who don't recognize the name, go out and buy the book.
3: Hi, the book. <laughs>
2: there you go. Uh, uh, Jeannie, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Hi, I'm. thank you for uh, letting me join today. I, I, I'm so excited about it. Um, I, born and raised in Utah, uh, always been here my favorite place on earth to go is just jump in the car and head to Las Vegas so I've always been intrigued by all this stuff and I listen to Gianni talk all the time about how it's changed so much they've got kids and strollers and people in flip-flops and what I'd give to go back in time where everyone was dressed up beautiful and it was such a big deal but uh, I, I was trying to remember how I found your podcast but I don't I don't know where I ran across it, but I, I got hooked. And uh, it's something I listen to all the time. And and I have peppered these guys with questions um, every episode. Gianni would say something and uh, I would. Uh, the OK, full disclosure, I usually jump up first thing in the morning, grab my coffee, jump in the shower and listen to the podcast. I do have to say you guys have made a little interesting. Now that there's video, it's a little uncomfortable. So I can't take that video in the shower, but it makes me very <laughs> nervous.
0: My- I was going to say, tell me what time to take a shower. Yeah, I, right, my my eyes.
2: No, I, I'll it's close so my crazy. eyes. I, 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 I'll tell you how you found the podcast. When I reached out to you on Facebook, Well, and we started, when we started talking, and that's how it started.
3: That's Okay. That's- and I I had always written questions and written in. So I always have questions that I'm wanting to ask through all of your um podcasts. So I'm really excited to be able to do it live while it's still fresh on my mind. So well, be, before
0: hot. we get to the guest, have were you you were at State Street?
3: My have I been
0: on my club in Vegas?
3: No, I wish.
0: Well, are you oh you're too young, probably. You weren't at Tiffany's either, Elvis and I opened that.
3: No, but I Okay. I love Elvis. I'm a big, big fan, and and I love your stories of, of everything you tell. What I really love, Gianni, is your pictures that that uh, you bring out all the time. And not only can you tell us great stories, but you've got the pictures to back it up. So I'm always thrilled when I see those come up.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Well, let's get to our guest before okay. he goes off. I,
3: I, I almost <laughs> forgot we had a guest. All right. Uh,
2: tonight we have uh, uh, Robert Luisi. Known as Bobby. Uh Bobby wrote a book, which I am holding up called From uh, uh Capo to Christian. It's a story of, of his life going through various stages of being in organized crime. And and it's it's a hell of a story. I just finished reading it and I was captivated by the book. So without any further delay, uh I'm introducing to you Bobby Luisi. How you doing, Bobby? I'm doing good, and uh, thank you for having me here nice- tonight. Oh, well, it's, a, it's our pleasure. Uh, and I just finished the book. You you, you and I spoke this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we've had a, a, a lot of uh, guests on on the podcast that have been involved in organized crime. But your story is unique. Uh, so what I want to ask you, uh, how we're going to start off is, I was particularly interested in, you know, you not being basically born into this life like a lot of people are. You were a legitimate Person, you're a legitimate businessman, etc. etc. So, can you start us off there and how you transition to the mob?
1: Well, you know, I love it. 12 years old, um, I used to work for uh Jerry and Julio, he had uh Rome vending. Used to do, I used to go out on Saturdays and do the dime machines. Remember them, Gianni? Oh,
0: yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I forgot all about him. Well, you know, he he was working with Costello because Costello had all the machines, he controlled them all.
1: Could oh, join. I'm sure. So that was my job. Every Saturday, we'll do that. Um, my father was with these people for years and I started hanging around when I was about 16. I started hanging around with them, but I was also doing carpentry work, which I enjoyed. Now I was, you know, I grew up with the old times that, you know, and I seen the way it used to be the right way that it used to be. So they kind of grew me a little, if you know what I mean. And, uh, but I enjoyed carpentry. I had got two builders' license. I was specking houses, remodeling buildings, and I, I loved it. That's what I wanted to do. I even when I'm at this vineyard, I was down there for six years building houses. Hmm. How did you wind up with the mob? Well, it was easy for me because my last name was Luisi. Obviously, my father's reputation and my family. So when I came back, see, about 1990, 1989, the market crashed down the Cape. I lost my spec houses. I lost my uh, uh, few places in Boston, and I ended up broke. From having twenty men work a farm, I couldn't get a job myself. So I came back, and that's the only thing I knew what to do to make some fast money was get on the street. Okay, like so you're talking really about easy. the '90s. Wow. You're yeah, like,
0: 1990. So 80, I, I left. I left that
2: life <laughs> in
0: <laughs> the '70s. Yeah.
1: I know,
2: So, t- 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 so uh, tell us, you know, uh, you're involved. What are you doing? You're, you're, you're a young man. What have you doing? And how did your career, quote unquote, escalate? And what? And there was a lot of problems with the patriarchs during those years. But well, we had a war up
1: there. I think everybody yeah. knows that. Oh, so my God. In the late 80s. And oh. uh, there were different factions up there. Everybody was starting to fight, you know. And um, I ended up joining the Salami faction, myself and my family, my father. And the war started again really heavy, I think about 93.
2: Well, what was, what, what was the uh, purpose of this war? Just, just Territories the, to control.
1: Yeah, well, what is it? You got well, Why? All right, the family, the way it was structured, okay, all those guys went away. When Frankie Salami came in and took over the family, no one liked it. So the old faction were coming after us, the new faction. So that's how this war started. And it ended like that. But praise God, I I went through it. And uh, I was standing at the end of it. And I reached out to New York. Um, Gianni, I don't know if you knew Giggsie from the Lower East side. Angelo Amelio.
0: Yep, definitely. Yeah, you knew
1: them, right? I was friends with Angelo when Giggsie came up and he wanted to talk to Pete Cardi for me. But Pete said that uh, he couldn't take me in because, you know, the commission rules were still in there.
0: Oh, no, no. See, yeah. that, that's, that's the interesting time. You you, you got involved in it in the worst time ever.
1: Oh, I know. I know. Thank it was God.
0: rough. Because, you know, the, the Gottis were having problems with the old factions, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It was going all around. Uh, know. You know, we were Warren. Philly was warming. I think the Columbos were warming at that time.
0: Oh, my God, Yeah.
1: Yeah, so there was a lot of things going on. What about the drugs, Bobby? Well, the drugs I started right away when uh, I got back, 1990. I hooked up with a friend from the neighborhood, started selling uh, little things. But, you know, I'm a businessman. So I tried to figure out, how am I going to make this money and make it fast? Hmm. So I started getting kilos from the Colombians, started putting them together. And I'm flipping kilos now. What was the... Two years...
2: you know, everybody here is for the uh, really the uninitiated mm-hmm. uh, gets the word that the mob didn't have didn't want anything to do with drugs and it was a death sentence. And can you address that?
0: It's all bullshit. I can address that too.
2: Yeah, well, that's not that's nonsense.
1: The that's no. everybody's <laughs> an undercover agent. Believe me, get
0: get, get get the money. Don't tell me you're getting how you get it.
1: That's it. You got all your associates doing it.
0: That's the you know? law.
1: Yeah, and but listen. Their hands in every pocket, you know, drugs and all. It doesn't matter. I was directly involved with it. You know, I, had a, I was flipping five to 10 kilos a week, which was good up there.
0: It's okay. good anywhere.
1: Yeah. I uh, probably the first two years when I started, I say come back in 90. By 93, I probably made my first million. And then it just started coming in after that. And from there, I was building my crew and my family. Okay, it was all
0: about money at that time and control.
1: Oh, it was. Well, yeah, it was the control.
0: It's the envelope on Sunday morning. What are you bringing in?
2: Exactly. Well, <laughs> that's what it's all about, Johnny, right or wrong?
0: That's oh, I know. I've seen
2: were it. You, uh, Bobby, were you uh, an associate or did you get made about this time?
1: No, I, what happened uh, when this was all going on, I was proposing the Patriarcha family
3: right.
1: at one time. But I had a falling out with one of the captains, the captains. Excuse me, one of the captains. And I know I wasn't going to get straightened. Though Gianni will tell you, when they put a name in the hat, they pass it around all New York. Everybody yep. used to see it. If one guy says something bad about you, you're probably not going to get your button.
0: So and they did you a favor,
1: basically. Am I right?
0: Gabby did you a favor. Yeah.
1: So then I ended up... Uh, a friend of mine did some time with Ralph Natali and uh he ended up coming out being with Joey in Philly. So I went down there, I met those guys. They took me in, proposed me. Not even a year later, they got made, and then I started making my crew in Boston.
0: Well, you know Bobby yourself. You got and, and I'm I'm on the outside listening to you, but I know the life too well. Right. They took you in because of what you were earning. You know that.
1: Well, yeah, that was part of it. That yeah. was, that, that obviously that was part of it. We all know that, and that's what anything. I mean, come on, uh, in New York, they were making cheese guys out there.
0: Who like, owns a but the only reason? The only reason I'm bringing it out because yeah. a lot of people in our audience are not, you know, like genie, genie, yeah. or you know, this life.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So
0: you know, it's 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 all about envelopes.
1: It is. Well, you, you got to remember, Philly was going through their problems. We were going through our problems in Boston. You know, me and Joe, we met at the at the right time. Did you talk about, Jor- about
2: Jory, Jory, Jory Molino?
1: Jory Molino. I'm sorry, but Jory Molino. Uh, we met at the right time. Yeah, we hit it off. Uh, you know, my guys were going down there; they were coming up, and you know, he decided to uh, to make me.
2: Okay, but if if you want to back up a little, things started to heat up with this uh, with with the th- with the three factions trying to kill each other constantly. Oh yeah, you lost. You know, it a very uh, heart rendering part of the book. The incident with your father and your brother. Yeah. So, but your 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 brother was in an opposite faction.
1: My brother... Uh, Rome, no, no. father, pardon me. No, my father was a patriarchal. Yeah, but I mean, he he wasn't on your side within the incident. No, 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 no. No, listen, yeah. I did my own thing. Beth. Yeah. My father did his thing. He was in the North End. He grew up there. I was born in the North End. That was the Italian section. Gianni knows. That's where... That was at head mom headquarters for years. Yep. Oh, I you, yeah.
3: I'm sorry, excuse me. Did you have a family, uh, wife and children at this time when you were doing all this? Is this?
1: Yeah, I had a wife and three kids, yeah, at the time.
0: Oh, you mean a real family, Jeannie? Yeah, a real family, <laughs>
3: yeah. That's a second family, Jeannie,
1: yeah. I'm
3: curious because that's a lot of moving parts.
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so w- where was I? I, I miss my story.
2: okay. Uh, the the uh uh the arguments with your father and what happened that fateful day with your father and your brother.
1: My father uh was a gangster his whole life. You know, he wanted everybody to line up with him. I wanted to do my own things. I was rebellious, I didn't want to listen. I'm not gonna blame my father for this whole thing, but uh we were just buying heads. You know, I was making all that money, I was even supplying uh, his side with the drugs and everything, you know, and, uh, but we just couldn't come to an agreement with anything. So he did his thing. I did my thing. It, and, that, and then, go ahead. Sorry, I'll say the, 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 the day of the shooting. The, the night before, so um, my friend Vinny and another kid, they beat up uh, someone that was in my father's crew. I'll give it just a rough story. Hmm. Uh, my father got pissed off. I got a phone call. He told me you're on my side. I said, I'll never be on your side. Not meaning anything bad. It's my father. I'm not with him. You know what I mean? It's business. So we went talking, so I called my friends up. I said, don't go in the not-done. You know, let's get this beef over with me. My cousin Ricky called me. We we're going to straighten it out, you know. And uh, they went to the 99 restaurant to stay out of the not-done. Vinny and Damien, Clemente, you read cinder book. Mm. Who walks in? My father, my brother Roman. My cousins, uh, uh, an uncle Sonny, and uh, they panicked. They called me on the phone. Vinny calls me on the phone. He says, Bob, what are we going to do? I said, Pay the bill. Did they see you, Vinny? He said, No. I said, Pay the bill, go out the side door. There's 200 people in there. No one's going to do nothing. Just go out the side door, I told him. But at that time, Damien was calling his father, Cleo. And uh, Cleo's a little out of his mind. And that's what, that's what, got the ball rolling. I thought the kids left. Then I got a phone call that everybody got shot. So what happened, my cousin, my yeah, my cousins. My cousins, I'm gonna say my brother Roman was a shooter. They knew that big tough kid. You know, and I think uh when they saw him, my father, everybody walk in, they panicked. You know, they kicked his father.
2: And they shot your father and your brother?
1: My father, my brother, um uh, my cousin Ricky survived. Killed my cousin Anthony, nice kid. Uh, uh, Sonny, they killed Sonny. You know, it was sad. You know? Any
2: arrests made out of this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they got uh, Vinny and uh, Damien coming out of the restaurant. They grabbed them right there. The father got away. He was the main shooter. He got away. But the uh, next day when he went to court or the day after, they grabbed him in
2: court. And they arrested him. Was this the reason... You wanted to leave that area. You wanted to leave the patriarchs and you wanted to go to Philly, or no, no, no. Let me ask you this also, a companion yeah. question. After your father and your brother get killed, did you ever consider right then and there, I want to get the hell out of this life? No. Yeah.
1: No, I just regrouped. I went and they got whatever my father had on the street, and I added to my crew
2: and that was it. So how helpful. did you? Wind up, how did you wind up? Oh, let's. I tell you what. Johnny, why don't
0: we go to a commercial? Oh, yeah, we need some money, so don't go nowhere. So, uh, and remember, everybody who's listening at home, we know where you live. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. Today's show is being sponsored by Quarterly Owned Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Quarterly Owned Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy, Genco extra virgin olive oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces, marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneFineItalian.com that's Corleone by an Italian.com. All right, we're back with Bobby telling okay. us a fantastic story.
2: So, you know, uh, Bobby, how did you wind up moving from the, the Patriarca family to Philly? So what happened, um,
1: like I told uh, Gianni earlier, Angel Amelio and Gigsy set up a meeting. Giggsy went to talk to Pete because now I want to go to New York and be a cop in that, one of those families. So we wanted to go to uh, the Gambinos. But Pete Gordy said, uh, at the time, he was the boss. Because John he was... was yeah. He was the acting boss. Yeah. And he said he couldn't do that because there was already family up there, which I understood. But uh, uh, one of my guys, uh, Frank Rossi, did time with Ralph Natali, And Ralph wanted us to go down there. He wanted to take me to meet Ralph. I went down to meet Ralph at Cherry Hill at the pub. We had a conversation. Started going back and forth. I met Joey. I met George. I met all the guys. You know, going back and forth. And uh, they ended up proposing me and the family. They called Boston. They knew what I was doing, who I was. How deep, you know, I was into this. Listen, if I got made or not, I was still a boss up there. There was no doubt about that. I had the strongest crew. I was making the money. Yeah, you know, true. it's all about the money, Gianni.
2: There's so
1: you went straight to Philly as a, as a couple. Well, they I was proposed. No, they let me go well like six months before they actually made me a couple. Okay. Johnny will tell you, you just can't jump into things. No. Oh, Even I mean, six they, months. They
0: want, they want to prove yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah, you but just he, don't he, jump he, in. So they went through the regular routine with me. But okay. once I became a couple, uh, they come up to Boston and we made my guys up here. Made seven guys up here.
2: How did you get along with uh, skinny Joey Molino? I, the reason I'm asking is. I had some interaction with him through an individual that I wrote a book about about seven years ago, and uh, Joey's living in Miami now, or Florida, South Florida. At least he was at the time I was writing the book, and uh, he struck me as a very laid-back guy. He is. Yeah, he's a guy you want to go drink
1: with. There he's a go. guy you want to hang around with. Hmm. He's just down to earth. He doesn't try to be, uh, you know, Don Colleyon. He's not a bullshitter. <laughs> he's just a nice kid. No, seriously. He's, yeah. just, he's a good guy, Joey. I really liked him. That's he, why he, we we all hit it off good together when we met.
2: Yeah, uh, looking at him, first of all, he looks very young. He's a, he's a little guy. Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't seem like, after all the trouble that went on in, in uh, Philly with Scarfo, all the killings, and Angelo Bruno getting whacked in such a spectacular manner, he comes along, he just didn't fit the mold. And I was thinking at the time, I've Just gotten out of the NYPD. Mm-hmm. This guy's gonna have a hard time controlling these maniacs. But that didn't seem to be the case.
0: No, he had the respect. Forget about it. Yeah,
1: Joey had the respect. You gotta remember his father at one time was the underboss for Nikki. Yeah. Scarfo. I mean the, the family was well known down yeah. there in South Philly. And uh you know, Joey had a crew, they all grew up together, went to school together, these guys. Yeah, they're still out there, they're all tight, tight, really tight-knit kids. You know, and when you got something like that behind you, that's like having real blood behind you.
0: Yeah, it's the old school.
1: Yeah, and that's, the old that's how these guys are down there. They were young guys, you know, but I'll tell you, they had old school beliefs.
2: So uh, what were you doing for for, uh, for Philly that you weren't doing in Boston? In, uh, in uh, Rhode Island, rather.
1: Well, I had on to do a Rhode Island, obviously. Yeah. Um, no, So now I'm up in Boston. I did something that never happened before. I brought another family into a big city. No one ever really done that before. Don't get me wrong. If the Genovese wanted to go somewhere or whatever territories they wanted to do, they would set that up. They send a cop or maybe some guys down there, Johnny will tell you that. But I actually went in and took over that part of the city with a different crew. If Raymond Patriarcha was alive, he would have skinned me alive. But all those guys were gone, and all my old friends were gone.
2: So to me, that yeah. didn't matter anymore. So you had some, uh, you had some interaction with uh, Whitey Bulger, uh, Flemmy all these guys, right? Uh, a little
1: with Stevie. I never met Whitey. Didn't care for him from the yeah. stories I heard. You got to remember, he was not Italian, so mm-hmm. you know he yeah. really had no say in that thing. There By the time no- I came up in the '90s, he was just in uh, South Boston. He had a little crew.
2: There was no rumor that he was. An informant for the FBI for thirty years. I heard that when I was a kid, they didn't trust them. And I he heard survived that when him. I was a kid,
1: really, yeah. But then I heard half these guys will call him up; they get information.
2: What do you attribute his uh, longevity to? <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah, being an FBI informant. Yeah, geez, you know the uh, his handler with the FBI, John Connolly, uh, went to prison for ten years for, t- for t- uh, t- really he tipped them off about. His indictment, but they they had Connolly good. He yeah. did he did his ten years to the day. When he got out, they turned him around and sent and watched him right back into prison. I think he did another 10 years for something. Well, I
1: already he got out on a medical now. That's what I was told.
2: Oh, they let him go on a on a on yeah. A I
1: i really don't follow it too much uh yeah. anymore, to be honest with you, with them. Because I really like I got no use for those people over there. You don't know understand. Yeah, I'm
2: Bulger uh uh, corrupted, I think the, the, the whole field office of the Boston FBI. Oh, well, he did, he did. But that guy
1: looked up to him when he was a kid. Yeah, he was around Whitey, and you know sometimes they want to be half a gangster. These guys, yeah, guy right, yeah. are cops, right, Gianni? Am I right or wrong?
0: Oh yeah, they love the lifestyle. They, 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 they love were treated. It. They, yeah. they traded in a minute.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's that's what happened with that. But what what I did is uh I went in the north end. Set my crew up in there after my father got killed, and I was running everything I could. There were still patriarchs out there. A few, they were doing their business. I was doing business with some patriarchs, but I definitely had the strongest crew up there. There's no doubt about that. We still guys. I had a lot of good people with me.
2: Were you still doing uh, uh, drugs in Philly?
1: Well, that drug in Philly thing started later. Okay. You know, the truth that Ron Previty that. Uh, the one that ratted on me. He ratted on me, Joey, Ralphie. Um, <laughs> w- when I first sat with Joey, we were going to have no <clears throat> business being done in between the states. I'm going to run Boston to do it my way. He's obviously the boss anyway. He's going to run Philly. <laughs> it was supposed to be no gambling across the board, nothing. Then all of a sudden, uh, you know, from lack of money or whatever, they want me to set up running with this drug business. And that's how he ended up getting indicted. How? Well, Ronnie was with the uh, FBI. Before that, the state police, too. Okay, so this is a. Uh, Ronnie's an informant. Ronnie's an informant. Okay, who's surprised they bring that Joey brought him back in. You know, they, he, Stanford made him, he was in Stanford's crew. Joey should have just let him sit out there. But they took him back in, him and Ralphie. I don't know why, I would have never did that. Myself. Well, you. you he was, was in a You were suspicious of him to begin with. I didn't like it from the beginning. Yeah, I knew there was something wrong with this guy. I abused him a few times. Maybe I shouldn't have done that, Gianni, but I did. I just didn't like him. You know. So, it's
0: a good way, a good way to find him out.
2: He, yeah. He, yeah. He winds up. He winds up bringing in an undercover FBI agent. I'm sitting in an office in Boston with an undercover
1: FBI agent, videotaping me. Everything audio.
2: Yeah. They had you good. Oh, they had me good. Yeah. How many buys? Hmm. How many It was only, what did they get? They only got
1: three or four kilos. I don't remember. I think it was two or three. And then they came and got us. See what happened. (laughs) No, what happened, Gianni, they wanted to close the investigation in Philadelphia. So I was the side thing. They had to come and take me too. So they made a few deals, made sure they got me for like 12 years, or whatever, just to get me off the street. And then they arrested Joey, my guys, and Joey and his guys. And uh, I think they were down the shore. Joey was down the shore. They picked 11 of us up that day between Boston and Philly. All because
2: okay. of this morning. So how much time?
1: I, I was facing 10 to 12. And We were trying you to get to 10. We were trying to get to 10. Mm-hmm. I had no problem with it, you know? Yeah.
3: What were your charges?
1: Uh, well, well, possession. Well, how, well, how did they say it? Um, possession, possession with intent? Uh, what is it, Pat? Possession with intent? Yeah, that's okay. it. Thank you. Yeah, that's what it was. So I, you, I guess still, still not sometimes. I can't remember. <laughs> these things. So you, know? you, wind, you wind up doing how much time? I ended up doing uh, 13 years, nine months. Okay, um, now... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'll, t- I'll tell you the story. I'll tell you is what happened. So our ex prosecutor, a USA in the Boston office, retires and goes to my lawyer's office, Marty Bedro. And I'll say this. I won't get him in trouble. He passed away. Marty comes down with John, uh, my lawyer at the time. He says, Bobby, you're not going to get out. What do you mean I'm going to get out? I'm facing 10th to 12th. He said, listen, your friend's ratting on you. You're getting reindicted on murders, superseded indictment. Yeah. He said they couldn't do it this time because this indictment involved Joey. He said the next grand jury that sits, you're going to be uh, reindicted on the murder charges. Were well, they I'm,
0: trying to flip you at that time? Do you think?
1: No, Marty wasn't. Marty was just telling me what was happening. Wow! And uh, okay. he said, what happened to the murder charge? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story. Yeah. So now they want, you know, my, you know, uh, he told me, why don't you go and talk to them? So I'm not talking to them. I'm over here in Boston. I build a big crew, this family. I'm I'm not a rat, you know. But my stomach's turning now because I know who's coming. I, I think I know who's coming up against me. And I was in myself for two weeks, my stomach turning. And then I called, they said, All right, I'll go talk to them. I went and talked to them. We discussed about six, seven bodies, some other things. But when it came down to doing something, I couldn't do it. I started fighting with them. So I got my plea back, and I went to trial. I went to trial. I lost. I got 20 years. Because they could only take me to trial on the underlining indictment, which was the cocaine. Right. They couldn't get me with the murders because I got profit on them in uh, immunity. Uh But they were trying to get me on the murders they caught and the judge told them no. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went back, I lost one in appeal, went back again, second trial and I lost again, but the guidelines changed. I think it was 2006 or seven and they had to drop four points off. So I dropped it down to 15, eight and I ended up doing
2: 13, nine. Okay. Now the, I mean, this whole story is captivating. Interesting as hell, Mm -hmm. but you had, for lack of a better term, and epiphany prior to you going to prison. Now, we don't want to get too much into it because that's the most interesting part of the book, and you don't want to give it away. But Mm -hmm. tell us basically what happened.
1: I'll tell you about that night. Uh, About 1980, uh, my mother became a born-again Christian, charismatic movement. My mother had a big apartment, and she used to have 20, 30 people in there. They had a a pastor inside my mother's house. and They were putting a church together. My mother puts the church together. My ex-wife, she's down there. She starts praying in tongues and all that, taking the kids and everything. And me, I'm on the street, you know. So uh, it was March of 98. I'll never forget this. And uh, I went home. And uh, something, I seen something. It stood with me for about eight hours. I had to call the church to come and get rid of it. And they did. And that night, um, 15 months before I got arrested, I accepted Christ in my life.
2: Because of that incident?
1: Because, oh, yeah. Well, you know what happens? You, I saw the truth. I mm-hmm. seen there was a devil. And I asked them, I said, is Jesus coming? He told me no. But I knew enough in my heart from, I was going to my mother's Bible studies earlier mm-hmm. in my, when I was in my 20s. I knew enough to I can't fight this thing off. I had to call them to do it, but I knew enough to what was going on, and I know I didn't want to be with Satan. And I told them I don't want to be with you. I want to be with Jesus.
0: So how That's were you cool. raised as a boy, though?
1: We're Catholic. We were all Catholic.
0: So you went to Catholic school, and I'm just,
1: yeah, just we did communion, confirmation, on. did the whole thing. Okay. You know,
2: church every Sunday.
1: My mother would send us if we went. I don't know yeah I, I know I, I, I take the I money did. from the box and go buy candy
2: yeah I did the same go. thing uh yeah. a, a, a parent sent my sister and I to church and we just never made it yeah, <laughs> we right, come Korea my have, sister yeah
1: we take the, the money and, and buy candy with it well, I got yeah. a little old I started buying cigarettes you know but that's what we did
2: so the, but you know it, it, it's a shame that that uh experience came a little bit too late so you' you're away for 12 years and something months You come out. What happened then?
1: When I got out, um, you know, I didn't help the government. And what happened, there was a cold murder that they came and talked to me about. I really don't want to talk to them about it. But um, a guy with me, Bobby Garanti, they believe the biggest odd heist in the world happened in Boston.
2: I remember, yeah.
1: At the Goddard Museum. The museum, yeah. That Bobby, the guy that was with me, was one of the guys that robbed the place.
2: I can I I stop you there for a second? Because I did a lot of research on this. I was going to do a book about it. It was the biggest art heist in history. Yeah. Unsolved. Unsolved. But you get so many theories about it. I mean, these were uh, pictures worth in the hundreds of millions of dollars. To get rid of them, they had to be pre-sold. To Mm -hmm. collect whatever. Uh, They never really... They named suspects... uh, but they didn't have enough evidence to bring anybody to trial. They never recovered the artwork. No. What do you know about that? Well, what happened? I'm in one of my
1: safe houses up in uh, Walton, you know, we had a beautiful place. I had a, I used to have two or three safe houses, you know, yeah. to move around or whatever I had yeah. to do, especially during the war. So I'm sitting up there with Bobby Grant, we called him Monk, that was his nickname, and Miles Connor comes on the TV. Everybody knows him up here. Big Art Thief. And he looked at me and they were talking about the gardener. Mm. And he says, I know what the paintings are. I said, Well, he said, yeah, I know what the paintings are. He said, They're under a concrete slab in a house in Florida. He said, Can you move them? <laughs> I says, I, I says, <laughs> who, who am I gonna move this? How do you move something I know like nothing it? about this. Well, know? not
2: even even if, you, if even if you did, how do you move something like that?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I pay no attention to it. I let it go. Believe me, I don't care where it was buried. I had enough money in the room, I could have went and bought the house. If I knew the value of what was gonna happen here, I would have want to dug them up myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. But I yeah, it's uh the allergies are killing me.
2: Yeah.
1: Um uh what was I gonna say? I, mean, I don't I don't Johnny will tell you if I send a guy to go do something, Pat, I don't ask him everything he did, who you took, what happened. Did you get that done? Yeah. So when these guys come to me with things, I never questioned them. I never got too far into it, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Unless I know the better, who cares? So I never pursued it.
2: I never did. The Garden Museum is still an open investigation. It's still open. What do you think happened to those pictures? Here's what I think happened.
1: I think a certain guy maybe wanted one or two pictures in there. Yeah. And uh, maybe Bobby went in with another guy and got what the guy wanted. And then they helped themselves to whatever they wanted. And while they were there, what the hell, right? Yeah, while they were yeah. there. I think that's what they did. Um, I know before that, someone in that other crew, uh, there was uh a, a odd heist in there before. That wasn't the first one. But this one was a major one. But mm-hmm. all the art that they took. So now the FBI comes to me. Bobby's dead now. Bobby Garanti's dead. I'm not ran on him. But I told them what Bobby said. So they said to me, um, "If you want, we could help you when you get out." Now you gotta remember, I'm in. I'm broke. I got no money. I'm in fourteen years. So I says, uh, "Yeah, you know." But all I could do was give information, not testify on it. You couldn't do nothing like that. I just gave information, and uh, then there was a murder. There was another guy uh, up in Boston. Rico Ponzo. And uh, he took off like around the time Whitey right did, or a little after that. And he was gone for 13 years, this kid. They found him in Ohio on a farm. He bought a farm down there, this kid.
2: Yeah.
1: So they grabbed him. Now, because I talked to them about the artwork, this was the Connecticut FBI. Now the Boston guys come in. And they said to me, because um, we I was ready to leave. I was in Allenwood, Pennsylvania. I'm getting out in like three weeks, four weeks. They said, we're gonna live because uh, we're gonna uh, subpoena you to this trial. They didn't know if I was going with the marshals. They didn't know what I was doing. I said, I'm not even sure where I'm going yet. They says, well, if you just help us with this Ponzo, um, you know, we'll put you in the program. I said, I never committed a crime with Ponzo. Ponzo was my enemy. There's not one crime that I know that I could say that I did with this kid. I did nothing with this kid. Well, not only that, but you're getting out anyway. I'm getting out anyway, right. Yeah, yeah. But now the offer to go into the program, I thought was good because I was already divorced from my wife. I thought it was a good move. I'm a Christian now. I got a degree in theology while I'm in prison. I wrote a book in prison. It's up on Amazon now. Actually, the book books are up on Amazon. And uh, I wanted to, you know,
2: be a pastor. That's what I wanted to do. So what did you do when you got out? You divorced yourself from these people, this lifestyle, everything? The whole thing. I am not to do with anybody.
1: No, I remember three of my cousins are me, guys. Yeah. You know, I they do their thing. I, I just don't bother with anybody. They don't bother with me. You know, we
2: all live in They kept you in, in a family? I mean, people still talk to you and your family? The, these guys that are still in the life?
1: no not really no.
2: okay that's what i figured but uh yeah and it the, doesn't the, the, matter the, the, your blood or not in that life this is how they feel you know yeah there was no repercussions you just walked away with no problem what are they gonna do well <laughs> where i live they know where i am
1: a, no,
0: but, I but say you know, to, I to answer that question
1: not them you know
0: not, to answer that question now there's nobody wants to do anything anyway no, not anymore don't. that's why, well, what we're talking about sammy yeah. to go all these guys are living walking around the streets they, ain't, oh, they you don't gonna, care no more they ain't can send yeah. nobody well, well, who's gonna go and
2: I, you and I go know them. that we're trying to educate our, our listeners because well, you know you get from the you know TVs and, and the movies you know blood in blood out you can't leave the mob if you if if you, if you even try that they're going to find you in a truck of a Cadillac so Bobby's just setting them straight we're helping them do it
0: no but some of these guys have podcasts they're on radio every <laughs>
2: day <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about it's
0: generation. It's craziness.
1: Now, you think about this, Pat. You're, you're in law enforcement, right? Yeah. We're talking murder, or we're talking maybe a long shot bit. But look at the difference in between.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: They're trying not to hurt people. They're trying not to kill people anymore.
2: You know, if, if, if somebody would have probably said to Sammy the Bull 10 years ago, that one day he's going to be a superstar podcaster, he would have t- told me he was absolutely crazy. This guy is doing well podcasting. He's making a ton of money. N- nobody's saying spit. I mean, he's do- doing his own thing. And yeah, he comes. Him, st- him also, uh, Mike Frances.
1: Oh, he, yeah, Michael's doing well. Very well. Mike's yeah. a great guy. Um, yeah. I did a show with him, uh, Comedy Central, in 2017. We did a skit on there. It's on the channel on the Bobby Luisi show. Yeah, there was me, Mike, Frank, um, the fake Donald Trump. They want the real wise guys to sit with him. Do you still have that? You, you got to look. Go up on my channel, the Bobby Luisi
2: Show. You got to watch the skits. Hey, oh, it's it's the video's still on there?
1: Oh, yeah. I got it up there. Oh,
2: fantastic. Yeah, it's four minutes. It, oh. it was on Comedy Central. You know? do, 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 uh, if we decide to do it, do we have your uh, permission to play it on our podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you. Okay, anyway, you're out. What's the first thing you did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the first thing you did when you got out of prison? How did you make the transition?
1: All right, I got out of prison. It was in a hotel room. I did a 40-day fast, a lot of prayers, you know. Right after the fast, um, I got an apartment right away, got a vehicle, all that. Uh, the first job interview I went on, I got the job. Construction company as a supervisor, manager. Hmm. You know, when I walked in, the guy knew him, you know. I know what I was talking about. He hired me right away. Yeah. I was doing that for a little while. Then uh, Sandusky Cabinets out of Ohio, had a plant in Tennessee. They hired me. Um, I guess a few people knew who I were, you know, about my past and who I wasn't, you know, in Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, they hired me to help straighten the place out a little, if you understand what I'm saying.
2: Yes, we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. I, I don't read,
0: know Jeannie, did Jeannie you have any questions? You, you're not asking any questions at me. all. It, <laughs> a
3: fascinating story. Um, uh, the one thing I did have a question was, was how were you received when you returned? And, and it, you said, it, there's no animosity. Uh, you're not really friendly with the family or not having uh, Sunday dinners, but that, um, you know, you're getting along and I'm, I'm listening to to you talk about it, and it's kind of reminding me of like a, uh, people sitting around and talking about the good old days back when they played football in high school and they did this type of life. And everybody's kind of calmed down now, and not at each other's throats. You respect right. the past and and move forward. So,
2: well,
1: you know, I look at it this way, and like Johnny was saying earlier, the mob really doesn't want to kill anymore. Why would they even come after me and start that problem? You know.
0: There's no reward. It's nothing.
1: And it's what if they didn't get me, Gianni? What's going to happen?
0: Hello. And
1: yeah. also, I mean, exactly. what's the point? We it off. We just leave things alone. Yeah. yeah. I, on my podcast, it's funny because I do a Christian show every Sunday. I do a teaching, and then the other 200 uh, uh, shows up there are all gangster interviews.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Okay. So, uh, what's the name of your What's the name of your shows and your podcast so we can let everybody know? Because I searched and I was having a hard time. I was finding a lot of probably the gangster um, interviews, but I was having a hard time finding what your stuff.
1: Yeah. Well that you got to go. It's just the Bobby Luisi show. I just put Bobby Luisi.
3: And that's a podcast podcast. or that's YouTube.
1: It's on YouTube. Just on YouTube. It comes right up. And uh, so now I do that on the Sunday. I started a job in September and I haven't been doing my regular show. But I'm going to start doing that soon. And the uh, the uh, titles of your books? Uh, from Capital Christian, this one here yeah. that you got that you read.
2: Yeah.
1: I got another book, uh, God's Plan Revealed. That's a Christian book. I break down um, the Bible from Genesis to uh, Revelations because I was a teacher and I'm still teaching. Uh, the book that's coming out right now, Emily Sweeney is a top reporter for the Boston Globe. And she's writing my life story right now.
2: Well, when will great. that be out? Congratulations. Yeah,
1: it's Four to the Floor, the Bobby Luisi story. It's up right now on Amazon for pre-sale. Hopefully everything will be done in a few months and, you know, the
2: book will be out. Who's the, who's the publisher?
1: Uh, he's a, he, he was a, a Boston publisher. He's a small guy. Um, okay. I even forget the name.
2: And, uh, tell us the, the uh, title of the book again.
1: Four of the Floor, the Bobby Luisi story. Okay, yeah.
3: Uh, Bobby, you had you said you were married and you had children. How did, how did your kids and, and family do once you returned? Were your children older or how did that work out?
1: Yeah, they were older. At first, they were a little nervous, you know. They didn't know what was going to happen. I told them, don't worry about it. You know, and I'm, I'm with my kids all the time. Praise God, my mother, my father, you know, my stepfather, everybody. So I'm with all my family. Wherever I go, there's open arms. Believe me. That's great.
2: Well, I tell you, man. Whatever I go,
1: I got a lot of friends here. You seem very...
2: I get home, Gianni.
1: They come up to me. Bobby, where were you? With me. Were you coming to the church? With me, you know? And uh, it's nice, though. You come home. Everybody respects you. Things are good. I tell you, you Stay away from the wise guys. huh? You seem very happy and relaxed. Oh, I am. I am.
2: Yeah.
0: Can I ask you a question, Bobby? How old are you? 62. Oh, you're a young guy.
2: Yeah. So yeah that's what i told him <laughs> when you, I asked him the last, you, he's just the kid yeah 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 Bobby, well, were well,
3: your children ever involved in any of the business when you were i don't know how old your kids were when you no, were
1: young. no they were young
3: no. and stayed clear of this
1: very clear i you know i believe like the old times you don't take your kids into these things my son was young anyway when i went away he was a teenager but i would have never took my son in
2: Smart move. There, there are people who do take their sons
1: in, as you oh, know. Yeah. We know Listen, all we the know, guys who, who, who the, the Bananos. All these guys, they were all making. They're all making their kids. I know, crazy, Insane. You know, years ago, you had to earn this. They got these stripes. Oh, hello.
0: You're just taking them in. Nuts. Well, they taking them in. Well, Michael got taken in because he made a lot of money, franchisee. He he was, you know. But anyway, that's a great story, and thank you for sharing with us.
2: Yeah, thank you very much.
0: Uh, and I can't wait to read your books.
1: <laughs> oh, that'll be great. I can't wait. Okay, come to okay, the Bob, show. Uh, let me know.
0: You want to come to the show at the Regency. Uh, it's July 20th. July 20th, the
1: Regency in Arlington.
0: Arlington, Mass. Right there where you are.
2: Yeah. We're going to come. We'll All come please. and see you. Yeah, please. All right. All right. All right, Bobby. Once again, thank you very much for, for uh, being on the show. And uh When when you get the book that I sent you, let me know. All right, I will. Listen, God bless everybody. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Have a a good night.
0: We're going to go to a break. We'll be right back with Jeannie and Pat. (laughs) Don't go nowhere.
4: We are pleased to announce the publication of a new book series from Gianni Russo and Patrick Piccarelli entitled The Sixth Family. When the alleged daughter of Marilyn Monroe asks for help, Gianni Russo becomes entangled in a web of lies and violence in the search for the late actress's diary. Soon, he is enmeshed in a mystery that involves a presidential candidate, a disgruntled mafia copo, a retired NYPD detective, and the past of mafia boss Frank Costello. Russo must race against the clock to stop a hostile reorganization of the American Mafia, while trying to stay one step ahead of a faceless killer. While listening to this book, skillfully read by Gianni himself, the listener will have to determine what is true and what is fiction. Or as Gianni says before this epic story begins, this book is a work of fiction, except for the parts that are true. Look out for the second installment of this exciting new series coming in 2023. The Sixth Family. Book one is available now on Amazon.com.
0: All right, we're back from the break and Jeannie has some mailbags for us.
3: All right, first we have Scott He says, I'm a big fan. Do you have a mailing address where I may send a few photos for you to sign? Thank you and best regards.
2: Yes, we do. It's uh, P.O. Box 443 Monessen, M-O-N-E-S-S-E-N, in the great state of Pennsylvania, 15062. I will get the pictures to Gianni, and he will uh, send you the autographed uh, pictures, whatever you send to us, books, pictures. Whatever you want.
0: You sign. Uh, it, sign return. We uh, need a return envelope in there, though.
2: Yeah, we need a return envelope. Also, Same. that is addressed addressed in my name. Okay?
3: All righty. The next, next one is Will. He said, hey, I've reached out before from Cleveland and grew up outside Youngstown. Should have Jimmy Molador."
0: I know. I know That's Jimmy, Jimmy. Molador well. you're kidding. Jimmy's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Jimmy was my musical conductor for years. Traveled oh, really? Oh, no. I talked to him all the time. Great yeah. guy. Great guy.
3: He says, no, he has connections with Gianni from Vegas and recently came out with a book. Should be plenty of material from Will.
0: No, we will consider it. All right. Yes. Thank you. Though.
3: Next. Next is from Tracy. It says, hi, Gianni. Wondering if you ever met Donnie Brasco.
2: Nope. (laughs) Well, I I, I did. I I worked with him. Uh, Donnie Brasco's real name is Joe Pistone. He was an FBI agent that went undercover. Uh, undercover What year was
0: that? I just want to know for a reason. uh,
2: Late 70s to mid 80s. Yeah, I see. I, I
0: was an actor by then. <laughs>
2: uh, the movie, there, there was a movie made, obviously, uh, Donnie Brasco starring Johnny Depp and Al Pacino. Great movie. I met Joe Pistone when my agent called me and asked me to work with him on a book. We were going to start a Donnie Brasco fiction series. because This is where I got the idea for a Gianni Russo fiction series. Uh, something like this isn't off, isn't done very often, if at all. There's only one other real person who uh, turned his uh, his his memoir into a, a fiction series? He was a uh, he was in the seals, and he he wrote uh, six fiction books about. Oh his yeah, life. yeah, yeah,
0: famous guy actually. Yeah. He's dead now. Joe didn't Pistone,
2: he? Did he die? He died about a year ago. Well, yeah. he, he also had a little problem. He had to stop writing uh, something to do with prison time. But we'll go into that some other time. But uh, uh, Joe Pistone and I were we outlined the book. Everything was ready to go. Our agent, Frank Wyman, uh, liked it. And Joe had some uh, uh, family member with a health issue. I won't go into it any more than that. And uh, he decided that he had to devote some time to his family. And then, you know, it was a lengthy illness. Years passed, and then he wound up doing something else. Uh, Joe is in a couple of businesses now. He's doing quite well. He's not, contrary to what you may read in the media that he's been hiding for the last 30 years he's out in plain sight as we said during the show nobody cares yeah
0: now, let me ask you a question how old is joe Stone now
2: but he's older than i am and not too many people can say that i would say he's
0: <laughs> i can
2: yeah you i can say he's uh early 80s great shape Good.
3: Uh, you know no, oh go ahead uh, no no, no. That was interesting to hear, you know, and I'm glad you brought it up, but Gianni and, and you and Bobby that uh, you know, it's kind of like bygones are bygones and everybody just kind of leaves everybody alone. Because, you know, you wonder you, you see the movies and things like that, where if you ever cross somebody, they the mob will always find you. And
0: see, so. what it is now, it's it's not even that the mob is is so fragmented. Mm-hmm. And in the life we live today. Everybody has cameras. Everybody has oh. recorders. So he's going to get revenge, In the last days of his life, he's going to go to jail? For what?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. the last thing, when it comes to uh, Joe Pistone, the last thing organized crime needs is a dead FBI agent. I mean, it's ridiculous. And as far as anybody else, I mean, uh, 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 well, look at uh, Sammy the Bull. You know, he he turned in John Gotti, the head of his family. There was a uh, a, a hit team that was sent to take him out when he uh, was relocated to Arizona. He opened up a very popular restaurant. Uh, he, he didn't go under a different name. He invited people to come down and try and take him out. Wow. And this this uh, hit team, which consisted of two wise guys and a lieutenant from the Newark Police Department, believe it or not. Went down there, armed to the teeth. They got as far as Kansas, ran a red light, <laughs> and got, got got pulled over. And they're all doing uh, uh, 20, 30 years, something like that. Oh,
3: wow.
0: But it, he, oh, See, that's why. You see, that, that, you know, it's uh, funny that you should say that. I mean, I never even said this to you, Pat. I've gotten so many calls of threats. I said, come on, come meet me.
2: Yeah.
0: What? yeah. Me up. Now what? <laughs> what are you going to do? You go, i will pray to you. Yeah, the and, way I live my life, I'm afraid of somebody. I don't fear no, it okay. Come and come here. Walk into my house. You're dead. hello.
2: <laughs> well, you had, uh, you and I, you're mentioning any names. Uh, you, you had a uh, a recent visit from an old uh, associate who got out of prison after 20-something years recently.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't know. And I told him. I said, listen, you want money? I'll lend you money. That's all. As for an old, old time's sake. But don't think I'm afraid of you. I'll kill you right now, and I'll call a cop. I'm <laughs> legitimate.
2: You're not. What are you yeah. doing in my apartment? You, know, you, have, you, have, you have to call some bluffs. So basically, what it was was a shakedown. No, but that's you always, know you, can, you know. you
0: know You, 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 got, you know what? If I want to shoot somebody in my apartment, I shoot them. I go outside, close the door, and I kick the door, in, and, and then there you go. Breaking entry. See you later. Okay,
2: so that's how it's going to work. <laughs> we're, we're on video I tell here. Tell us
3: all your secrets, Gianni. Then they'll yeah. know. That's premeditated.
2: Uh, uh, you know, you also, oh, no, look at, also look at Henry Hill. Hello. I mean, uh, you know, if uh, who ha- who has not seen Goodfellas? You know, Henry Hill decimated uh, a mob family. He was in a witness protection program for like an hour and a half. Couldn't handle it. Uh, he wanted to do his drinking, wanted to do his drugs. His wife divorced him. And he came right back to New York, winds up on a Howard Stern show. He's out in plain view. Nothing ever happened to the guy. Because once again, what's the point? Yeah.
0: I mean, who's going to go do it? And what's their reward? Yeah. Right. It's a, well,
3: that's, and that's, and it's proof, proof that things have just changed. And it, it was, you know, back in the day is here. You two sit the best of friends, like brothers now, a cop and, and, and the, a robber. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a cop. Well, we like to call it a cop and a businessman.
3: And if it's Johnny, I listen to your stories and I think your mind goes a million miles an hour. And I'm like, this guy, everything you touch turns to gold. And I just I love listening to you. I love that your story is so inspiring to people who have have struggled, you know, and, and like Pat mentioned, on, I don't know which podcast it was, but it was recently that, you know, um, you always have such a good attitude and you have you're grateful every day. And and it's inspiring to me. It's it's
4: funny you
0: should say this. Yesterday, I I did a three-mile walk. And I see three young black men on a corner. You would think the Messiah came. And I'm turning around. I'm saying, well, who are you talking to? (laughs) Jew? you. I turned these kids' lives around. They were raising money for autistic children. Yeah. These were gangbangers. Oh. I can't believe it. On Park Avenue and Seventeenth Street yesterday, we took pictures. They said we listened to you, and I'm I'm glad I'm an inspiration to people. But I hear it a lot, and I I probably my greatest compliment I can get is that I, that I help people. But people helped me all my life. That's why I have my attitude. Give it back. That's it, man. And I've been lucky. I mean, wait, till, Gino, are you here in the next? <laughs> six months what we're doing is insane yeah that's one of the reasons pat and i now are really expanding to our international and national level because we could reach reach more people because we get tremendous letters like this and the conversation we're having now so and and it's not even the money because we do give back but why not hit a bigger audience and get more positive word out
2: yeah Okay. Oh, oh, by the way, uh, Jeannie, I see you got my flowers.
3: Yes, thank you.
2: Oh, you're Well, quite welcome.
3: I, I thought I better pull something <laughs> over here because I'm like, I look like I'm in a mugshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that white wall, but.
0: There you go. Well, Perfect. You're a star. Well, thank yeah. you for being on. Yeah, thank
3: you very much. Oh, my much. pleasure. Thank you both. It was, I enjoyed it.
0: Touch? No, it's fun.
3: Yeah. And
0: I, I think it's time to say goodnight to Jeannie, our audience, Pat. And Good night and everybody
2: you. that's, Good a, night. That, thank that's you. crap folks okay. see you next week bye bye bye
3: bye thanks
0: and that was that and I'll be back
3: thank you for tuning no
0: regrets, in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast you can contact no Gianni Russo or Patrick Picciarelli with your questions and comments out. through the contact the section the of the our, our website hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at
4: 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast.
0: Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be My back next week with stories of God the mob in Hollywood as well as answers the to your the messages. My kids
1: still can't believe I sat with a saint. My life's like scenes out of a movie. I'm the Hollywood godfather, truly. I got stories with them all. You know, celebrities, world leaders, icons. Who knows what's next for me? I'll never get too old to have a little fun. Come on, I'm Gianni Russo. A genuine one of a kind. What a ride it's been, this life of mine. And I ain't done yet.
3: I'll be back. Until next time. And that was that.